Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn. No Simon Provan this week. Simon is off in the great outdoors with his family. They are up in upper state Wisconsin. For those of you that know where that is, they're hunting and fishing and doing all kinds of fun family activities together. But uh, we definitely miss Simon and wish him the best uh, as he is off this weekend. But we hope to have him back next week. It'll be good to have him back. Uh, We always love his insights on the show and uh, for those of you that tuned in last week, you heard he was very riled up after the United States lost to uh, Jamaica in the Gold Cup semifinals. He was ranting about Jurgen Klinsmann. He was saying he should be fired. And I, I barely got a word in last week because of how fired up he was. But it was it was a lot of fun. It was a good show as a whole and uh, always a pleasure to be able to talk with him. Uh, and we appreciate all the support that we keep getting from all of you, our lovely listeners. Remember, you can check us out on Sports Radio America from 3 to 6 Eastern on Fridays on Live 365 and tune in. You can download our show on iTunes and you can listen to us on demand anytime you want on Spreaker.com and on iHeartRadio as well. Uh, You can watch us on Periscope. So for those of you watching us on Periscope, big thank you to all of you. Hello, huddled masses as you are out there. We appreciate all of you listening in and watching at the same time. And you can also check us out on social media as well on Facebook at 2UpFront, and then on Twitter at 2UpFrontSoccer as well. We've got a lot of fun things to talk about. We will be joined uh, later on in the show by Real Monarchs uh, midfielder Alex Sundley, a good friend of mine from the... Uh, he used to play for the New England Revolution, and then he was transferred over to Real Monarchs in the USL. And we'll be joined later on in the show as well by Vavla USA Soccer Division editor Chris Blakely to talk about the MLS All-Star game. The MLS All-Stars getting a 2-1 victory last night against the Tottenham Hotspurs. Now, it's, it's one thing to talk about it from an American perspective, and you can find all of the American perspectives on MLSsoccer.com and the hundreds of sites that talk about just how great Major League Soccer is. But it's a different type of game when you travel across the pond and actually have the chance to speak with a true British man. And I figured since we couldn't have Simon Provan on this week, we would have Simon Mitchell on. Simon is a good friend of mine from England, and he is a diehard Tottenham Hotspurs fan. So who better to talk about the Spurs than one of their loyalist fans to ever exist? Simon, how are you, sir? Good morning, Baxter. I'm very well. How are you? I'm wonderful. You're saying good morning. What time is it over there for the, for the listeners there that are tuning in? 
Right now in the UK, it is five past two in the morning. Oh my gosh, 2.05 a.m. And here you are speaking to me. I, I feel very honored, sir. Thank you so much. No, delighted to be, delighted to be here. Wow, we appreciate it, Simon. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, tell us a little bit about your, your diehard loyal passion that is uh, a Spurs fan, sir. Well, I've supported Tottenham as a full-blown supporter since around 1990. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but my father has supported Tottenham since the mid to late 60s. So between us as a father and son, we've supported Tottenham for the last 50 years. My goodness. So it's been a family affair, as it were, you'd say. Oop, are you still there? I think I lost you. You there? Sorry, I'm still I'm still here. Oh, I have good. a little bit of interference. Sorry about that. Yeah, I think I, I bumped something on my end. But uh, as I was saying, it's, uh, the, the love for Tottenham seems to be a bit of a family affair as a whole. I mean, you said you follow it, your family follows it. Do you do your children follow it? Are you hoping to pass that on to them? Uh, my, my oldest daughter enjoys going. She's been once. We took her down to the uh, Schalke friendly before the start of last season. Okay. Um, it, it's still... She's she's only nine, my oldest daughter, so it's still not quite right to take her all the time, but I'd Fair like enough. to take her more often this, <laughs> That's this, very this true. coming season. But with um, I live in Norwich, which is 150 miles away from Tottenham, mm-hmm. or 180 kilometres, and living in Norwich and Norwich City being promoted back to the Premier League yes. means that I can take her just down the road when Tottenham come to visit. Ah, perfect, because yeah, now that they are back in the Premier League, they'll see each other at least, what, two times this year or just once? Well, they'll, they'll see um, each other once at Carroll Road in Norwich, and they'll see each other at White Hart Lane as well. Fantastic. Now, how long have you lived in Norwich? How are, how are you not a Norwich City fan, or are they kind of like your second team? Um, I've lived in Norwich, ooh, I met my wife almost 15 years ago, and I moved to Norwich then. Okay. But I've lived within the region almost all my life, but my dad was a Tottenham fan. Ah, of course. So I'm a, I'm a Tottenham fan. Fair but because he's from, he's from Scotland and I'm from Yorkshire. That's where I was born. Ah, how's the pudding? Um, the Yorkshire pudding? Well, it's it's good. It depends on who cooks it. But, of course. Uh, it's always good. But, um, yeah, it, it's really my dad's influence. So that that's why I don't support Norwich. And it's a very British thing to have just the one tick. I was going to ask is because in America, um, it's very common to support more than one team, especially within, you know, if it's American football or basketball or even soccer. I mean, I support one uh, MLS club very. Hello. Oh, hello. Are you still there? Did I lose you? Simon. Hi, I'm still I, sorry. Still here. We keep picking up uh, interference. I don't know what's going on. They're trying to. It's uh, the the tin can we're holding from you know Wisconsin to England is is having issues apparently. I don't know what's going. on. I think on. we need to tighten the string a little bit. <laughs> I think so. Tighten a little bit more. Um, well, anyways, uh, Simon, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. But like I mentioned, we want to talk to you about uh, the Tottenham Hotspurs and the 2015 MLS All Star Game uh, that took place last night. Uh, you, as a Hotspurs or Spurs fan. How do you how do you view the uh, the two one loss last night to Major League Soccer's All Stars? Well, from a uh, from a Tottenham point of view, I don't think the result means too much to us. I believe the most important thing was the performance, Absolutely. integrating some of the new players, some of the young players who maybe have been in and around the first team, giving them an opportunity to play was the most important thing. Did you get a chance to witness uh, Harry Kane's wonderful goal that he scored? 
Well, I, I, st- I when you asked me to come on, I kind of felt obliged to stay up and watch the game. So I was up at 2 a.m. Or I think it was about half past one yesterday morning to watch the game. My goodness. And fell asleep. Uh- and then... <laughs> Decided to re- re-watch the game this evening. Okay. And fell asleep. Oh, so my I've gosh. Mi- I'll be honest, I've missed the last 10 minutes of wow. the game. But from what I can gather, I'm the most important part of the game is the first half, I think. It was, yes. It was 2-1 going into halftime, and there was not much. And that's usually how all-star games work for the most part, at least here in America. Both sides usually try relatively hard in the first half, and then after that, yeah, well, put in the subs, put in the the lower people, and this, you know, whatever happens, happens. But uh, it's hard to deny the the beauty of the goal that did come from Harry Kane, and you heard the announcers say it, and just the buzz around social media after that game too, is that was a very Harry Kane thing to do. That type of goal, the way he attacked the defenders, and then the way he just picked his head up for you know a half a second was like, oh, there's the goal, boom, and then he just the ball's in the back of the net before the goalkeeper even had an opportunity to move. Yeah, and uh, who is who is Nick Romando? Who is this guy? He seems to be about five foot nothing. That's that's built, a fair describe built, of him. Yeah, he he he's built like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. <laughs> he's, he's the most anti-looking goalkeeper you would ever come across. Yet put in a world-class performance in the first 45 minutes. He it, did. It was, it was unreal. I was I'm, su- com- I'm surprised we managed to score past him. I was absolutely shocked with how well, because of the highlights and just the everything, the way that Tottenham was really kind of pouring it on throughout the first half, there were multiple times where you know Spurs should have been up you know, 3-2, 4-2, even 5-2 at certain points. But uh, the fact that they were able to be turned away by Nick Romando, he's, uh, for a background for you, Nick Romando plays for a team in Major League Soccer called Real Salt Lake. Uh, he has been one of those staple goalkeepers in Major League Soccer for probably 10 years. Um, think of a well-known goalkeeper in, you know, uh, in the EPL, and that's kind of how he, you know, he requires, he's kind of that same guy. He's on the U.S. men's national team, but doesn't really ever see the run of play unless it's maybe a friendly, but he's probably our third or fourth best goalkeeper by the U.S. standards. Okay. No, he's, um, he he put in a very, very good, um, very, very good performance. But going back to Kane's goal, you know, Harry Kane scored 31 goals for Tottenham last season. He scored with his right foot, his left foot, his head, inside the box, outside the box. He's very much a complete striker. And the goal that he scored, I was pleased that he scored it in the arena in which he did. I'm Mm -hmm. pleased that he scored it in pre-season. And I'm pleased that he scored it against the MLS All-Stars. As I, I think I alluded to you guys on Facebook, is that this is very much a commercial enterprise for Tottenham. Absolutely. We've had good tie-ins with um, American soccer for many years. Uh, we've had Casey Keller as a goalkeeper. We've had Brad Friedel as a goalkeeper. We've had Clint Dempsey. We've got DeAndre Yedlin. Yes. Jurgen Klinsmann is a club legend, and he's the manager of your national team. <laughs> you know, Brad, Brad Friedel is now a ambassador to the U.S. for Tottenham. So we have a very close relationship with the country from a playing aspect of Again, Robbie Keane playing for the Galaxy, played for Tottenham for many years as well. I love well. Robbie Keane. Big, big, big Ro- Robbie Ro- Keane fan. Just, just a very quick note on Robbie Keane. Yes. In Norwich, I was um, I was coming back from my sister's this evening with my wife. My, I dropped my girls off there for the weekend because we're both at work. Mm-hmm. 
and there's a big billboard in Norwich. It's uh, Sky Sports where all of the EPL games are shown, and yes. it's showing 23 years of football on Sky Sports. This great big picture of Robbie Keane in his Tottenham kit after we won the League Cup back in 2008 against Chelsea. It gave me a smile that I'm in Norwich, and there's a big picture of Robbie Keane. That is classic. I love it. I love that his his legend still lives on. Oh, very, very, very much so. He, he, even at Tottenham, absolutely. He, even at Tottenham, he, he he was he was a character as well as a brilliant goal scorer. But yeah, no. Going again, going back to Harry Kane, I'm I'm pleased that he scored in the arena that he did, and and it was a goal. Very, very little backlift. He didn't sprint through. He didn't try anything fancy. He shifted the ball to the right side of the edge of the box so he could take his shot. Just, yeah, typical, t- summed up what Harry Kane did all last year. And, and I, th- I hope that it continues next season. And that's a good segue for me, too, because I was going to ask, now that we've seen um, a glimpse of what Tottenham is preparing for this upcoming season, last year they finished fifth in the table uh, in the English Premier League. Uh, they tallied 19 wins, 7 draws, and 12 losses. How do you feel about the club moving forward? I'm... I'm always supporting Tottenham you're forever the pessimist of you course. always uh, expect the worst and not, normally Tottenham have a habit of delivering uh, I'm pleased that I read yesterday that we've got the youngest average age of a squad in the Premier League that definitely helps yes it's it's good to see that there's future development and Tottenham have got a history of giving a manager a year or 18 months and then sacking them and then starting again yes I think the most important thing for me this year is that uh, Pochettino has managed to shift out almost 17 players. Another thing I was looking at yesterday, we've sold or released 17 players this summer. My goodness, that's very unheard of, at least especially I mean, in all soccer. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. And when you see some of the players that have gone, you even forgot that they were there. It, it's unbelievable. We've not brought in too many. Um, Alder Weireld and Vimma and Trippier were the three that we've signed. Mm-hmm. All defenders. Rightfully There's... so. And you just got rid of a defender as well. You just sent off a defender to Napoli as well. Is that correct? Uh, Vlad Kirikesh. If you could call him a defender, I've seen Milk turn quicker. He oh, was, goodness. Um, he was another player. We we. If you go back a couple of years, we sold Gareth Bale to Real Madrid for eighty-six and a half million pounds. Yes, and we and we signed seven players, none of whom had ever played football in the Premier League. And you could probably say that only two, Nasir Chadley and Christian Eriksen, have been any good. Christian Eriksen, especially, I feel like out of those two, Chris, Christian Eriksen, yeah, he's um, he, he is a touch of class, but the Vlad Kirikesh was is possibly one of the worst defenders that I have ever seen play football. Wow. He it's a probably a better defender for the Italian league. It's a much slower league. You get much more time on the ball. Very true, yes. The, the Premier League is fast. It's very very tough. It's strong and it goes from minute 0 to minute 93, 94 without stopping doesn't slow down you don't get time on the ball and that's why a player like Angel Di Maria at Manchester United who likes to have a bit of time on the ball 
has struggled. That's why I think a player like Bastian Schweinsteiger at Manchester United now could potentially struggle in the Premier League. Ooh, that's a good point now that you mentioned that. Yeah, because of how the Bundesliga plays, they're very much, that's kind of how the German national team as a whole plays. They're very monotonous with their passing, you know, pass, pass, pass. Not too many quick runs, not too much, you know, speed with their attack, but they just pick you apart with their passes. And you make you raise a very good point about that, especially with how quickly you know EPL play is. So that's uh, a good thing to keep an eye on now that you mention that. Yeah, it's it's some it's the most important thing, and um, we're talking about Tottenham moving forwards. And you know, I'm I'm the guy that sits here and says, "Well, look who scored the goals in the Premier League last season." Mm-hmm. You've got you know, Sergio Aguero, Harry Kane, Diego Costa. Are these players achievable to purchase for Tottenham? No. Who else scored goals? Charlie Austin, who was at Queen's Park Rangers, scored 15 goals in the Premier League. He's available. Could he play with Harry Kane? No, he couldn't. They're very, very similar players. They like to play on their own up front. Very strong in position. Would Charlie Austin happily sit on the bench at Tottenham? Probably not. So there's lots of questions to ask when signing players but also I don't think Pochettino's scared of giving a youth team player an under 21 player an opportunity to prove themselves we didn't take Soldado to the US mm-hmm. we believe that he's on his way to a team in Spain either Sevilla or Villarreal and are you okay with that I'm I love Soldado but he's not he, he's not done what he was bought to do he was bought ah. To score goals. And when you don't he score didn't... goals and you don't, that's kind of an issue. No. <laughs> he's a very classy player. Beautiful link-up play. But he's not He's not the link between the midfield and the attack. He is the attack. But yeah, I, I would be happy to keep Soldado. And I think Soldado would be happy to stay and sit on the bench. But if Harry Kane got injured, could you rely on Soldado to score that amount of goals? Probably not, so. no. How do, how do you feel about Eric Lamela? I'm curious to know about that. He finished last year with two goals on the team, but he's been kind of, at least over here in America, he's relatively well publicized in terms of his skill. How do you view him as one that follows the team closer than most of us do over here? Eric, Eric Lamela is an enigma. He's, he's a YouTube highlight reel. That's kind of but... how I've got the feel from him too. Yeah, he's he's one of these guys where I think everybody gets excited when you get linked to a player that plays overseas and with the wonders of modern technology, you can jump online, you can go on YouTube, you can type in Eric Lamella and you'll get three minutes of goals and skills and tricks. And yes. you go, wow, this player's got something about him. And that's all he has in a game is three minutes of skills and tricks. And uh, I'm... Again, you know, being a Spurs fan, you're forever the pessimist, but you're of always course, hopeful yes. that, that the players that you have will train on. I was the I was the guy saying this Gareth, this lad Gareth Bale, this lad Gareth Bale, he'll he'll get there, he'll be good. Don't worry, he'll come good. Yes, and it took him a good two, almost three seasons. He did, to but get, once get fit, once he get, got there, yeah, he was absolutely I think, lights again, out. Give Give Lamella another season. He's, he's Argentinian, Pochettino's Argentinian. He had a better year last year than he did in his first season. Mm-hmm. He's, ha- he's now had two years in the Premier League. I think it's a shame that he went to the Copper America and didn't play. It that would have been good to give him the summer him, off. Yes, 
Absolutely. Well, he he did. Yeah, he the Copa America. He was around, but he, like you said, he didn't he didn't do very much uh, in the time that he was there. So he he uh, he came on off the bench one time, and didn't produce much. No, he's a, he's a good, skillful player. He just needs for the Premier League, as we've talked. He needs to bulk up a little bit, get a little bit more meat on his bones. Exactly, like like Gareth Bale did. I mean, Gareth Bale when he was when he made his breakthrough in two thousand and ten in the Champions League. There was a game against Inter Milan where I mean, Tottenham were down to ten men. We were losing quite heavily. But Gareth Bale still scored a hat-trick and took on Mykon, who at the time was regarded as the greatest right-back yes, in, yep, I definitely in the world. That. And he had pace, but he didn't have power. But the next summer to the next season, he just built himself up yes. fast and powerful. So he couldn't get knocked off the ball. I, I remember watching Gareth Bale play against Norwich. He picked up the ball on the halfway line and he managed to get past the player that Norwich have called Alexander Tetty, who's mm -hmm. a no no nonsense hard man midfielder. Yes. Tetty threw in and if Bale had gone down, it would have been a yellow card for Tetty, we would have got a free kick on the halfway line. But Bale rode the challenge and he went on and he scored a brilliant goal. And that's what I meant by that building yourself up and that's what Lamella needs to do. He needs to be able to not get shrugged off the ball, be able to protect the ball, but still keep that pace, that skill, that guile that he does have in him that we've all seen him do for Roma. And that's definitely doable, but like you said, it's just it's going to kind of come... Once you get in the EPL, I feel like you the shelf life in EPL is you either become a great player like a Gareth Bale, like a Wayne Rooney where you are consistent and you're just you know a legend or... You are hyped up, you're around for a year or two, and then you either do produce or you don't, and then you usually get shipped off to another club. So I'm hoping that Lamela, like you said, he uses the connection with the Argentine head coach that he has there at Tottenham and is able to put some more meat on his bones but also figure out, hey, that this league plays incredibly fast and I need to be able to be a little bit quicker with my touches so I don't get run down and actually live up to not only what the Spur fans think I can do but also what I feel like he wants to obtain success as a whole for his career. Yeah, no, no, agreed. That's that's where he needs to be, definitely. Ab absolutely. All right, well, Simon, thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to let you get to bed. You uh, you need to get some rest over there since it is uh, probably almost two, almost 2.30 there for you, isn't it? Yes, it is. I've got to uh, a bit of work morning as well, so... My goodness. Let's well, go get some beauty sleep. Absolutely right. Someone's got out of the two of us. Well, Simon Mitchell, it's been such a delight to talk to you. Uh, we got to do it again soon, sir. Don't be a stranger, and uh, we look forward to speaking with you again. Well, you know where I am, and I love to talk about the EPL. I love to talk about football, and uh, you and Simon have a great show, and I share it to all of my friends and colleagues in the UK, so keep up the good work. Well, I appreciate that, Simon. You're going to have to tell them now, too. Be like, hey, look, I'm famous. I'm famous. You know, we're going to have to publicize this one, too. We got, we got a real British man on our show this week. Well, you can uh, publicize all you like, but look forward to speaking to you in the future. Sounds good, Simon. Thanks again. All right, he is Simon Mitchell, a good friend of mine, someone that uh, we've had the pleasure of being able to become closer friends with uh, throughout the year. I, I met Simon uh, last year uh, just over social media. We, I was in a, a World Cup fantasy soccer uh, league with him, and it was a lot of fun. And I was like, who's this Simon guy? And we just kept talking, and he liked a lot of the writing that I did, and now here we are. Uh, so many... 
uh, so many months uh, later, as it were. So well, we're going to go to a break. Uh, when we come back, Corey Plath is going to be here. To, we're going to do a quick 50-50 segment before we welcome in Real Monarchs midfielder Alex Sunderland to the program. This is Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn. No Simon Provan this week. He is off with his family celebrating the great outdoors and will return hopefully next week as we bring back to you a normal show so we won't have any MLS power rankings or predictions or week in review. Uh, we just talked with Simon Mitchell, our good friend of ours, from across the pond in Norwich, uh, all the way from Norwich, England, uh, he was speaking on Tottenham Hotspurs, his beloved club, and how he feels uh, they are doing in their preseason and how he feels they will do with the upcoming EPL season as well. So it was great to talk to him and uh, kind of get a feel for what it's like to view the MLS from a British perspective, but also how he views his team as a whole. So uh, for those of you remembering, uh, a few weeks ago, Simon was gone for two weeks out in Oregon, or Oregon, or however you say it. I don't know. That state out west that no one talks about except for a good college football program. Anyway, um, aside from that, we were, have, were to have Corey Plath join us, who joins us again on the show. So, Corey, welcome back to the show. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me again. Oh, anytime, anytime. Well, Corey, um, we're uh, going to be doing an interview shortly with uh, Alex Sunley of the Real Monarchs, but uh, before we get to that, uh, we're going to talk about our 50-50 segment. So uh, for those people that don't know, our 50-50 segment is the part of the show uh, where an issue in the soccer world is brought up and debated, uh, whether it be good or bad. Uh, we both take a side. We both get 45 seconds to voice our opinion. 45 and 45 make 90, which makes a soccer match, which makes awesomeness because that's how we work here on 2 Up Front. So uh, the topic that we'll be discussing or, and or debating this week, Corey, is whether or not middle-aged to older-aged 
EPL or La Liga or wherever they came from, European stars should make the trip over to Major League Soccer. Is it good for the league? Is it not good for the league? Is it a retirement league? What's going on? So that's kind of what we're going to debate this week. Um, would you like to go first? Sure, but it sounds like they're already at the Walker stage. I don't think we're that close. They are. And actually, we're getting called by Alex, so you're going to have to just wait. So that's fine. don't go anywhere. Hello, Alec. Are you there? Hello, Alec. Are you there? Alec? Hello? Alec. Are you there, sir? Hello? Alec, hi. Hey, how's it going, man? Good. How are you? Doing very well. Good to get your call. Yeah, I'm glad we finally got this, uh, got it all to work out here. So welcome to the show, Alec. How are you doing today? Doing very well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. It's great to speak with you again. I know we had an opportunity to to chat last year, uh, to as the the beginning stages of your career, and now we are we're catching up with you again. So I appreciate you taking the time to, yeah, to chat no, with us. Yeah, of course. So thank you, you no, thank you for having me. Oh, anytime, man. You know that. Um, well, you've had a bit of a roller coaster this last uh, few years here, Alec. You were drafted by the New England Revolution, um, and it looked like you were going to be, you know, living out your dream to play in Major League Soccer. And then you got loaned out to the Rochester Rhinos and played a season for them and did relatively well. And now you find yourself in Utah. Why are you in Utah? Yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been quite the roller coaster. Um, that's the cool thing about you know sports in general is it's always a cool journey. And before you know it, you could be on the other side of the country like I am. So yeah, kind of uh, got here in Utah. Um, got lucky. I had an opportunity to actually train with uh, Real Salt Lake when they came into California. Um, in Irvine during preseason and um, talking to uh, the head coach Jeff he gave me the opportunity to to come train with him for for a week and um, showed well enough that he felt that I had potential enough to to sign a contract with with the Monarchs and to hopefully you know make make that jump up um, to the to the first team. Have you seen any action with the first team this season yet Alec? I have not. So, yeah, I'm, I'm actually still under a, a USL contract. So how it works is I, t- I technically cannot – I'm not being loaned out as like I was with New England. Oh, okay, sure. That makes complete sense then. Okay, I wasn't exactly yeah. sure how USL and everything worked out with that. Right. Now, um, for for USL and Real Monarchs as a whole, you guys unfortunately haven't had the greatest year. You guys find yourself at the bottom of the Western Conference with a 2-10-6 record. Uh, for those that don't know much about the Monarchs, what's been going on this season? Has it been injuries? Has it been lack of goal-scoring production? What's what's the what's been the hinder of the Monarchs this year? Yeah, so um, it's our inaugural season, um, so it's it's the first club, first year of the club, and I think what it is, you know, you got a you just got a very diverse group, got a lot of guys just coming straight out of college, um, and then I think what Real Salt Lake does a very good job of is how they have an amazing academy program. And so we actually have even younger guys, even starting the age of 18, um, that are coming up and playing with us. So uh, I just, I think it's kind of tough to say that when you look at um, on paper how our results don't really match up to how we play. Where I feel like a lot of games we, you know, we've lost 1-0, you know, just due to a little lack of inexperience in say in the 85th minute or so. And so for for me, it's been just trying to be a leader, even though I'm still fairly young trying to take on uh, on this team and, and just being there and trying to just teach a lot of these guys. You know, now I do have that year of, of being a professional that I could hopefully bring on to these, these guys that are a little younger. And 
unfortunately, yeah, the results don't don't pan out as much as we'd like to, as well as how we think we play. Of course, um, yes. I think we do play a very good style of soccer, and we're trying to keep to that and keep our identity. And unfortunately, it hasn't been the best, but we're still looking to find the little key pieces that over the past couple of months have, we've already seen massive development. And so now I think the final key piece is just, is just finding those goals and, and retaining that. That's and those are all good things to have, especially like you said, with someone like yourself that's got a year under your belt. You you know get around some of those younger guys and say, hey, you know, I, I might not know everything, but you know, I've I've been around the been around the block at least a little bit to you know help those and yeah, develop some of those exactly. players. What is life like being in the USL? It's an up and coming league. I feel that a lot of major league soccer fans are starting to transition over and finding that one or two teams in the USL that they really start to like. And a lot of those teams, too, are kind of feeder teams, as it were, for Major League Soccer teams. So what about the, the camaraderie and the, the atmosphere that is USL do you really like? Yeah, so no, definitely I think you said it right on. Was USL is growing rapidly um, with expansion clubs coming up quickly. More, more MLS teams are, are starting to, to build a second USL team to, to develop guys where, you know, I think – with the loan, when I was loaned out to Rochester, New England gave me that opportunity, even though I wasn't playing games with New England. Yes. That I was still developing. And I think that's what the USL is doing a great job of is, is developing players who aren't getting enough time and, and keeping those guys able to stay in, into the mix. And it's been great. Yeah, I've seen numerous cases where you do well in the USL that you now get an opportunity to, um, to get a first team look. And I, I think that's what's huge especially in this country, is, is building that developmental stage that I think we kind of been lacking the past decade that USL is, I think, is now really the first step in, in really bridging that developmental phase that young professionals can get. And especially now, um, you got younger academy kids who are now going and maybe going to college that now have a decision to potentially go straight into the professional ranks and, and even play for a professional team. Exactly, and I, I feel like I feel like a good example of that too would be for the LA Galaxy. They seem to have struck gold a few times with some of their young development forwards, um, like, exactly. like Jassy Zardis and Bradford Jameson as well. And it really is mind-boggling where you'll see them in USL, you know, early in the season or you know a lower league, and then halfway through the year they're in Major League Soccer scoring first-team goals like it's like they've been there for years, and it's like. Holy cow! It's it's it's, it's right. incredible no, to see exactly. the transition and how certain teams prepare their players accordingly. And Real Salt Lake, especially, even when Jason Christ was there too, it's just a, a fantastic organization to be around as a whole. And you've got guys like Kyle Beckerman that are still anchoring the team. That you know, you younger players coming through the ranks really get a chance to learn from. You know, as you're able to. Yeah, no, it's it's great. You got guys like um, Sebastian Salcedo that's played with us many times, building his confidence, getting first team minutes. Um, Justin Glad, um, Fanny Kavita, all these guys that have been able to come down and who played first team minutes that have done very well and have built that confidence because of playing with us. That you got these younger players that are now, you know, when they're going to first team minutes, have at least had two, three games under their belt that they feel confident enough to establish what they have done in our games into the first team. And I think that's the biggest goal for especially these these USL and uh, MLS affiliates is is making sure that that bridge is is connecting the relationship is very well and I think here at RSL we we've done a great job and um, our coach Freddie Juarez and Jeff Casar have done an amazing job of keeping a good relationship and a healthy relationship with one another and 
developing players. Uh, I think that's just the major goal that everyone's reaching. And so, yeah, it's, it's been quite the journey so far, and I'm excited to see how far it goes. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I feel that the, the buzz around the American soccer world is that the USL is really becoming that that second tier, as it were. There's no official tier system here in America. People you know, will talk and say, oh, NASL is this or USL is this. Right. But I feel like because of the affiliation with Major League Soccer clubs, USL, you've, you've almost got to give it that unofficial second division status because of how, those, you know, how close the relationship is. But like you said, the development is there. It's really helping grow players like yourself and other young, promising players that are looking to get to those first team minutes. Now, speaking about you just as a player as a whole, you obviously have to have some pretty lofty goals. You're playing professional soccer. If you had, if you had your option, what would you, what's your end game in your professional career? What would you love to accomplish and or what team would you like to end up playing for if you had the opportunity to? Yeah, definitely. So um, long-term goals, my, my biggest one is, is to try to make it up into a first division in Europe, um, whether it's in England, Norway, Germany. Um, that's, I think, Everyone's biggest goal being in America, the object is to try and get into Europe. So that's definitely my big long-term goal. Well, here, my, my minor uh, short-term goal is, is to try and earn a first-team contract and play for Arsenal because just me as a player, um, I'm a very possessive-oriented, one-two-touch, go through the back, create chances up top, and I feel Arsenal has a very good organization that they pride themselves on there playing out of ability and so for me that's is a great team that I want to see myself in the near future hopefully play for. Which is great to say because like you said you want to try to do that one two you know touch pass and you were very regarded as uh, a box to box defender you're that type of midfielder that you go all over the place you're not you've got that engine that never seems to stop and it's obviously very um, obvious in you know your playing style your playing career and you know how well you did at Cal when you were there and just how you've yeah. done it as a whole, too. So, well, Alec, uh, it's been a pleasure to speak with you again, bud. I really appreciate it, and uh, let's let's of do course. this again yeah, sometime. Thank you again. You're welcome yeah, at any time. And uh, best of, oh, one awesome. other question yeah, I had for you. Thank you so much for having me on, and hope to hear from you soon, and take care. All the best. Sounds good. I did have one more question for you fast, Alec. I just remembered it. Um, have you had a chance to play against Rochester this season? Oh, maybe I lost him. I think I lost him. Oh, well, uh, my, I, that's modern technology. It's a beautiful thing. I don't know. You know, I do what I can, Corey, right? Like, what do you want from me? Yeah, well. You're giving me this look. Well, sometimes, yeah, you know, you got to learn how to use your your equipment. I, I thought I did. I thought I knew how to use my equipment, but apparently not. you got to bring in the professionals around here. I, I guess so. I'm going to have to hire. You know, that's why I'm there's, here. There's an opening for a board operator, apparently, because all I'm good for is to put a microphone in front of me and talk. I take it. I, if it, it. It doesn't pay. Oh, well, then fine. I can pay you in I beer. I quit. Ah, okay, we'll talk about it. Okay. I, I will give your, your lovely... I'm willing to negotiate. I'll give your lovely girlfriend a bottle of wine. Uh, and so yeah, she'll, she'll be happy, which means your life will be happy, which means everybody wins. You already won her heart. Perfect. It's Perfect. better than I've done, and I've dated her for the last three years, so... Wow. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Yeah, well, everyone loves you. I once again, I'm not sure how I feel about that. So <laughs> it is, it is my my wife and I's two month wedding anniversary today. Oh well, congratulations! Thank you, thank you. We had a lovely dinner uh, outside on the patio on the veranda. I and saw then, pictures on wow, Facebook. You stalking me? That's, that, she well, literally like just posted those. How did you see those? You were in the studio with me. Yeah, you on, I, you're on Facebook during the show. Yeah, well, sometimes <sighs> I, I am too. It's okay. Yeah, I can. No, tell. it's it's totally fine. It's totally fine. Well, um. Let's let's do this fifty fifty segment again. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the music again because you know, we were so close to it. 
Ah, music. 50-50 segment. All right. Anyway, so the uh, what we were talking about before, before um, we had a, our interview with Alex Sunley of Real Monarch, so big thanks to him and hope that uh, his career continues to blossom the way uh, he feels that it might. And uh, just the general buzz about Alex Sunley as a whole is very uh, positive. Defender? He's a midfielder. Oh, I thought he's I a center. Defender. He's a center mid that's got a killer shot that is has, never stops, basically. Oh, good. Yeah. I hated those guys when I played defense. Well, he would give you nightmares. Yeah, he would. He's yeah, he's a great defender, great player, great you know midfielder, great attacker. Just boom. Well, wish him the best. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we were talking about our fifty-fifty segment, Corey. Which uh, the way it uh, is going is we were debating <clears throat> whether or not the middle-aged players were hearing about Frank Lampard, Andre Pirlo, Didier Drogba just came over. Um, all those other, David Villa, those guys that are in their 30-plus that are coming to Major League Soccer, are they making the league better? Are they not? Are they too old? What's the deal? So with 45 seconds on the clock, Corey, uh, you will get to go first. Are you ready? All right. On your mark, get set, go. Well, I do believe that those players are helping uh, U.S. soccer as a whole. Uh, it's nice to see that pop it, it's gaining in popularity, that the U.S. Uh, soccer itself was very... Uh, minimal as far as interest and all of a sudden over the years once we started gaining um, exposure in national team play as well as getting these players from across the seas that we we as a nation started recognizing that soccer is a good sport to watch it's a lot of fun to have around and so these players have not only helped but thrived under these conditions and it's nice to see them doing well and succeeding okay that's you gotta leave a few seconds on the clock. There. Does that get added on to my portion? I don't think it does. You can take it if you want I, to. I don't, I don't need the full forty-five oh, you don't minutes need the to full make 45. my statement. Fair sure. enough. Well, I will use my full forty-five seconds. So with uh, timing and going, um, see, I, I I get where you're coming from. I get that you know it gives the league more excitement, but I feel that you keep bringing over all of these older players. It's only decreasing the absolute value of the league because. Major League Soccer is viewed as that unfortunate retirement league. It's like, oh, you've got Andre Pirlo. Oh, he's like, what, 57? No, he's not that old. He's in his late 30s. But you keep getting all these older players coming over that are far past their expiration date in European soccer. So what makes you think they're going to do any better for the league when they come over here? Sure, we're seeing success from certain players. But realistically, they're not helping the league. They're not helping players grow, and they're not challenging and widening what is the overall product that is Major League Soccer. I had one second left. Because I'm awesome. Wow. That's, that's not really that's why. Incredible. That's not really why I'm awesome. No, I don't know. That was a weird segment. I don't know what to do. I was I was thrown off because we were supposed to have the interview like right away, and then we couldn't get a hold of him. Then he like we started to do something else, so my mind was all set for that. And then he called, and then we were all over the place. And that was, was my excuse too. I'm sure it was. I'm <laughs> sure it was. That's why you left like 15 seconds on the clock. So I did not. You'd like 10 seconds on the clock. Anyway, so we're going to go to a break. Uh, when we come back, uh, we will be able to chat with uh, Chris Blakely of Vavil USA and also a surprise guest as well will be joining us in just a little bit. This is Two Up Front presented by Sports Radio America.
Welcome back to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn, and I actually, um, I should I should say that again. I'm Baxter Colburn, and this is Simon Proban. Oh my gosh, Simon, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great, Baxter. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I've been a little lost and a little all over the place without you here in the studio, and my wife is making fun of me of it as she's sitting here sipping her wine in the studio laughing at me, but I've been able to do the best I can um, with what I've had at my disposal. It was it was weird. I talked to Simon earlier in the show, but it wasn't you. It was the British Simon, but it was still a lot of fun, so you missed out on that. But I'm glad we're able to chat with you now, at least for a little bit. How how are you doing in the, the great up, outdoors? We are doing fantastic. So we're up in uh, northern Wisconsin. We've done a lot of fishing. Uh, am I still there? Yes, you are. You're still here. All right. I heard a weird buzz. Anyways, uh, yeah, we're doing a lot of fishing. That's something we love to do my Oldest daughter actually yesterday caught a nice fourteen and a half inch bass. Holy cow! So, so it's been it's been good. It's been relaxing. Good to get away for a little bit, rejuvenate. Uh, you know, watch the kids actually play board games and not screen games. What's that? So <laughs> that's right. You're part of the generation that probably doesn't. I'm like at the, I'm on the tail end of that generation. I still appreciate a good okay. board game okay. of Clue or Sorry or you know Phase Ten. Excellent. So, uh, so we're doing good. Um, haven't had a chance to watch much TV, but I got to watch a few MLS games this past weekend. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see the All-Star game, but so the beautiful thing about technology is I was at least able to catch up on what all happened with Spurs and saw that Yedlin got to play a little bit. Yes, yeah, All the talk did. about, uh, you know, Julian Green playing with the U23s over at Byron instead of uh, going on loan at this point, so... So those I've I've been keeping up with the soccer news, Baxter. Well, good. I'm glad there was. Yeah, I was going to say in terms of the All Star game. I mean, it was David Villa and Kaká that basically stole the show. Uh, Harry Kane scored a, a cracker of a goal that put Nick Romando on his butt and kind of made him wish he never played soccer. Um, it was it <laughs> was a well. That's Harry Kane's job. Exactly. It was a <laughs> it was an absolutely fantastic goal. At, you know, as a anyone that's a forward, you know, growing up or even that plays the game now, take notes from how Harry Kane scores goals because he does it in such a classy fashion. Absolutely, and yeah, I read about that. He had uh, the goal of the night with the three that were scored, and I'm glad to hear that he got a standing ovation from the crowd that was there. I think again goes to show how Americans are starting to understand this game. That they get it that, uh, you know, even though this guy may have put a goal in against your quote-unquote team, you still give him, you still give him uh, what he deserved, and that is a standing ovation. Absolutely. And applause for his exits. Well, it, w- it was funny, too, because um, speaking with Simon Mitchell earlier, our resident uh, Tottenham Spurs fan, he was, we were chatting about the game, and he said, okay, Real quick, because we were getting ready to go, and he's like, okay, real quick before we go, he's like, who is Nick Romando? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, he made some of the best saves I have ever seen last night, and he's like, he's, you know, five foot nothing, you know, he's not very big. He's like, how did he play so well? I'm like, well, that's that's kind of how Nick Romando is as a whole, and he was like, that was, he was just, he was blown away from, like, the first time he'd ever seen Nick Romando. He's like, he played absolutely fantastic. Yeah, you know, you know what's interesting about Romando, too, is when he was first with D.C. United, I was not impressed with him at all um, his first couple of years. But then something happened where everything clicked for him. And, yeah, he, you know, he's one of those keepers that we've talked about on the show before. He doesn't get the credit that he deserves. You know, he finally got an all-star nod. He's never been goalkeeper of the year in MLS. Which just um, blows so, my mind. So he was, 
yeah, I mean, even being back at home here, he's not. He doesn't get the respect that he deserves. Um, you know, it's great to see that he he gets some time with the national team under Klinsman. Yes, you heard me right. I just complimented Klinsman on something. My gosh. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I, I, might, I might need to hang up and call you back because I feel like I might have the wrong number. <laughs> may, to take, may need to take an extra break there, huh? I think so. My gosh. <laughs> I, I can't handle this. This show's already been too weird as it is. You're actually complimenting your Klinsman. Ah, that's just... I, yes. So he at, least, he at least saw in Klinsman what I think a lot of us fans have. Um, and, uh, you know, good to, see, good to see and hear that Romando is getting the credit that he does deserve for for quite a career that he had in MLS, and it is surprising he actually hasn't been picked up by a team over in Europe. That is a bit surprising. I mean, and that's something that can definitely be debated for you know many times. But you know, Romando as a whole, though, I thought he played very well, and uh, the you know the team as a whole for Major League All Stars looked good. And yeah, it's hard to hard to deny. Yes, Tottenham definitely controlled run of play later on in the game. Uh, they definitely they completed almost ninety percent of their passes for goodness sakes, and you know they they did a the the team aspect of Tottenham really came out later on in the game because they're like, oh, we actually all play together. We're not just a bunch of thrown together players. So uh, I'm curious if if you could fill me in and maybe on some of the people who didn't get to watch the game uh, how Yedlin did. I know he entered in like the 66 minutes or around that time. How did he how did he perform? Um, I'll be totally honest. I wasn't able to catch most of the second half, but from everything that I have heard okay. from Yedlin, he did play 26 minutes. He played relatively well, um, but I never really heard and or saw much about his overall performance. Yeah, because I guess Tottenham's still talking about, and pardon me if I'm repeating things that the other Simon had said, but uh, there there is reports that he's probably going to go out on loan. That is the rumor. Yes, the other Simon did not mention that. He did just kind of commend Yedlin for you know for his play and said it was good to have an American you know there and it helped the overall camaraderie of the game in terms of from a Spurs perspective, but also an American soccer perspective. But um, there was not. There's not much been. Uh, the rumors are ve- are very true from what you're hearing. You know what you're saying about Yedlin maybe going on loan, and if you know, does Tottenham loan him to another you know team in Europe or does he go back to MLS? Well, you know, I'd be surprised if they sent him back to MLS. Um, you know, he had a great quote, and this is this is a player who really has his head on his shoulders and understands his place in life, in which, you know, he had said that, hey, if, whether I play with Tottenham or whether I go on loan, I'm fine, I'm fine either way. I'm a pro and I'll deal with it. Absolutely. Which is great to hear, you know. To me, it'd be a little odd that Tottenham would buy him from MLS and then send him back to MLS. Now, I know there's times where teams do that. I mean, basically, that's what, Seattle and Tottenham first agreed to is that already signed with Tottenham, but then he's officially loaned back to Seattle. Yes, yeah. Um, but because he had spent that year and a half with MLS after signing with Tottenham, it just seems weird to me that they would then send him back to MLS. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see him perhaps with a, uh, a lower league, not a lower league, but a, a lower level, lower table team in the Premier League. Or maybe he does go out on loan to, to a championship team that that needs uh, the type of player that Yedlin is, whether he's playing on the wing or whether they have him playing in the back. Yeah, it would be. it's going to be very curious to know what kind of becomes of him, especially before the EPL season does kick off here in a few weeks. But, um, yeah, over, overall, though, it was a good result. Uh, David Villa, I feel like, continues to make a solid argument for why he more than likely should be the MVP this year, aside from Kai Kamara. Kai Kamara didn't do very much last night, which is a bit uh, disappointing, but... Uh, Kaká and David Villa completely stealing the show last night for the All-Stars. 
Well, speaking of uh, speaking of the All Stars and, and bringing up players, um, you know, from both conferences here, I will say I don't know if you saw there actually there has been chatter after our show. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm taking credit for it. No, but of course there's, not. There's been plenty of chatter, including with the commissioner, about switching this back to an East-West format. Yes, yep, and I've, I've the, heard that. You know, and the argument being kind of what we brought up is that. You know, in the early days, it just wasn't that of an exciting of a game. It was more of a circus. Yes. Uh, and that was mainly because there really weren't 22 to 40 players that were really all-star caliber. But with the talent that's in the league, with the amount of teams that there are, um, and with the, the more and more talent that gets signed, like the uh, the, the Swiss international that uh, the Philadelphia Union just signed. Yeah, which is a huge uh, move for them. You know, the them. commissioner was saying that, that we're – possibly back at a place where, you know what, East-West makes sense, and, and maybe you make that game mean something, kind of like with Major League Baseball, where the winner of the All-Star game uh, ends up hosting MLS Cup, you know, whatever conference that is. I, I think or, it's you know, definitely which, possible to do, but, I mean, I, I at this point, why not? I mean, you've got you know enough players to certainly make it a competitive, exciting game. You do, and as long as you, as long as you make it worth something, that's always the key. And that's that's one of the things that I did not bring up in my argument of revamping the All-Star game is that, yeah, you know, going back to East-West, I think would be fun, but you got to make it worth something. And right now, other than saying, hey, cool, we beat Tottenham Hotspur in a preseason game, essentially. That's basically um, what it comes down to, though. What's that? I said that is kind of what it comes down to, though. It's like we beat a, a preseason-formed Tottenham Hotspurs, and that's about all you can really take away from it. It wasn't a right. mid-season it, Tottenham Hotspurs team. Yeah, and it's kind of it's getting to the point where it's almost a lose-lose situation for MLS, if you know what I mean. Yes, it's like they 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 beat the team, and people say, "Oh, cool, great, you beat a preseason EPL club, good for you." Yeah. Whereas if they lose, then people say, "Are you kidding me? You lost to a preseason EPL club?" There's no way to really uh, win know? that argument. Yeah, yeah, and I I think I think there is an exception when you're playing somebody like Manchester United. <laughs> As oh, absolutely! They, you know, as they did for a couple of years in a row, but but nevertheless, um, it's cool commercially. It's 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 still a fun idea. I mean, who doesn't who doesn't love to see an all star team play at one of the better known EPL clubs, or you know, if they could ever bring over a Real Madrid? I mean, they did bring over Bayern Munich last year. They did, um, but again, you know, with Munich, you saw a team that didn't take it seriously, and and Pep not understanding what that game really was about. Um, from what I've heard. What I read coming into this, the Spurs understood that this actually was more than just a friendly. And even their head coach saying, "There's no such thing as a friendly." Even ever, uh, there is no such thing as a friendly anymore, even with uh, preseason games. So I think Spurs took it a bit more seriously than than Munich did. I'd like to think that because of what happened last year, uh, MLS has communicated to other teams that, "Hey, you know, we're paying you this money to come over and play our All Stars, but please understand, this is not just your ordinary." preseason friendly this is something that we take seriously and we want you to take seriously exactly yeah and i I feel that the discussion will continue to grow further with what the all-star game means not only to major league soccer but the soccer world as a whole especially american soccer over the next few months and now that there are murmurs that you know don garber and his posse as it were are going to start to think about well maybe we'll go back to an east west especially with all these new players coming in it would be a lot of fun, and yeah, like you said, add a little bit more, you know, flavor to it, and say, all right, you know, winner gets home field advantage in the playoffs when it comes to 
whatever the game is, Major League, you know, the MLS Cup or anything of that nature. Like, you have to add, give the players an incentive to reason to play the game and not just, oh, I'm going to go kick around with my buddies for 90 minutes. Yeah, exactly, because, you know, fans don't want to tune into that anymore. I know the, you look at pro footballs, what do they, what do they call their all-star game? The I'm, Pro I'm Bowl, yeah, right. it's it's pretty the boring. The Pro Bowl, yeah, you know, you, it is pretty boring, and all it becomes is... is Defenders standing around and letting the offense go crazy. Exactly. And, you know, ratings, ratings for that went up the first time they had it before the Super Bowl. Uh, but, you know, nobody really tunes in to watch the Pro Bowl. And if I feel like if you're going to continue to have an all-star game, do something about it. Make it make it worth something. So it's not just something that uh, the, the, the players are out there to have fun. It's something that the fans want to tune in and watch. And exactly. that's the one advantage you have. The one advantage you have right now with, with bringing in these more popular, worldly-known clubs. No, I, I completely agree with you on that one. So, But, Simon, I'm going to let you get back to your family, enjoy the great outdoors, uh, swat a few mosquitoes for me, and uh, catch another 14-inch bass, and commend your daughter for me on the, the great catch. I will do that, Baxter. Thanks for calling and uh, working me into today's show. I'm looking forward to get back into it fully with you next week. We'll look but, forward to uh, it. I'm curious to hear your new power rankings after all the craziness that has been in Major League Soccer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a crazy weekend we saw. Absolutely. And uh, let me let, let me just say before you let me go, yeah, you please. know, we talked about how how scary it was to pick LA over Houston. Yeah, all <laughs> well, that came back and bite us. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I was like, oh, I checked the scores, and that was the one score all weekend. I'm like, of course, that's what happened. I'm like, come on. Of course, right. Oh, gosh. But so much fun things to talk about with you next week. I'm looking forward to it, man. But enjoy uh, your trip with the family. Give them my best, and we'll talk to you in studio next week. Sounds great, Baxter. Thank you. We'll talk to you later. You're welcome. Anytime. Always a good time. Uh, Great to be able to catch up with Simon for just a little bit. Uh, Corey sitting in here as my... My co-host, as it were, just for the day. How, you know, haven't, I mean, I feel bad you haven't been able to chat too much, Corey, but it's been a very guest-heavy show thus far, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and it's been a lot of good guests. Well, while I'm working on getting the next guest on the air, hi, why don't you, you know, just, how are you doing? You doing good? Having yeah. A, having a good time? It's been a blast. I love talking about soccer. So oh, anytime I, I can do it, it's, it's always fun. Well, good. I'm, I'm so glad that you, you enjoy it as much as I do. So... Um, with that being said, um, we'll, we'll catch up later on in the show. We're going to talk about Jurgen Klinsmann. We're going to talk about the U.S. men's national team. Uh, I feel like there's a few bones to be picked with that and the future of U.S. men's soccer as a whole. Uh, you've, got, you've got some things to say, Corey, don't you? I, I, I know that you're excited to talk about that, but um, we'll, we'll catch up with you later on in the show, Corey, so, so don't go anywhere, okay? I'll stay tight. I appreciate that. All right, well, with that being said, we're going to bring in Vavil USA uh, soccer editor. Oh, just kidding. I guess not. I thought he was there, and he wasn't there. Corey, come back. This is I love when this happens because then people are like, wow, this is your first time. And it's like it basically is like my first time doing a show today because there's been so many things that just that have happened that make me feel like it's my first day on the show. Well, I'm, what's important is you've got to move on. I am. I'm moving on. I'm going to go to a commercial because I can't even right now. That's how I feel about this show right now. I love the show. It's a lot of fun, but... It can only get better from here. (sighs) I need, like, one of those, like, the cat hanging on the branch, like, hang in there or whatever. Like, I need that motivational poster up on the studio. We'll We'll be back. We'll be back. This is Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America.
Welcome back to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn. Apologies for the craziness that has been this show so far. There's been malfunctions with technology. There's been all kinds of crazy things. Corey has volunteered to be the board operator, I feel like. I just feel like I just need to pass the torch, Corey, and say, here, you know, make the show sound pretty because I apparently am not qualified to do that. Or we could just change out a few chords and it'll work just fine. Exactly. Exactly. It's not too difficult, but it's it's not the equipment's fault. It's I feel like it's the user's fault. In some cases, I don't think it's this case, though. You're fine. I You're fine. It. Oh, no, it's fine. It's totally fine. Anyway, so Corey Plath has been my, my, my co-host on and off throughout the show. Uh, I'm le- you're you're, you're shooing you away again, Corey. Though we'll, we'll have you back because we're going to talk U.S. men's national team in length um, after this next segment. Uh, so don't go anywhere, Corey. You're looking like you're going. Stop. Sit. I'm sitting. Sit. I'm sitting. I'm not going anywhere. I will staple you to the floor. That way you can't leave. That might hurt. Just your shoes. I don't wear shoes right now, so. I'll staple you through your dress socks. Oh, well, that would definitely hurt. Well, man up. Yeah, I guess so. I I mean... Anyway, we'll, be, we'll come back to you, Corey. Don't Sounds go anywhere. Good. Anyway, with that being said, we are going to transition over to Vavil USA Soccer Division Editor, Chris Blakely. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, I'm so glad that you're actually here and not your voicemail. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I, I switched, I'm much better than my voicemail. <laughs> I switched over, and I was like, wow, Chris, you, you sound like a very um, interesting woman. But, I, I you know, because it was like, to leave a message, I'm like... I I remember Chris sounding much much a deeper voiced than that, but what do I know? More masculine. More masculine, <laughs> yes. I wasn't. Uh, it's like a hello. I'm like, no, nope, that's definitely not Chris. But uh, it worked out. It worked out. But um, so, Chris, welcome to the show. Corey and I have been doing all kinds of fun stuff throughout the show. Um, so you can say hi to Corey. I don't know if you've ever met him via this way before. I have not. I have. I have not. Hello, Corey. Hello. How are you doing? I'm hanging in there, just heading home from a long day at work. Ah, uh, one of those days? Unfortunately. You know, just got back from vacation. I got to put in the hours now. Ah, that's how it is. Where did you go on vacation? Uh, just went down to, uh, well, as you know, I live in Washington State. We just went, uh, every year we go down to uh, to the dunes down in Oregon. We were uh, just uh, just north of North Bend, Oregon. So, okay, fun time. Fantastic. So you were down in the dunes, and you, you still managed to be able to catch some of the uh, the 2015 MLS All-Star game. Is that correct? Of course, yeah. I got back in, uh, I got back home on uh, Monday night. I uh, got to watch, uh, sadly, um, due to a error, I was only able to watch the first half of the MLS All-Star game, but that's probably about the only important part. That's of that all you matter, really needed to watch, <laughs> honestly, because you didn't miss much. Exactly. Once it came to after halftime, there was the massive line change, as it were, and everybody was pulled, and then Josie Altador was on the field, and then it just kind of all downhill from there. <laughs> but uh, the MLS All-Stars getting the victory, uh, winning the game 2-1, to one, thanks to Kaká and David Villa, so who would have believed that the two expansion clubs would have the players of the game this year. It's it's a little funny to th- to think that way, but that's kind of how it worked out. What are some of your reactions about the game, Chris? Oh, uh, you know, it's it's kind of what I expected it to be. It's you know, it's the same thing every year. Uh, you got the best of the best in MLS. Uh, some deserve to be there, some do not. And I'll get into that in another time. But, Absolutely. Um, <laughs> no, I, I completely agree with you on that one. I, I'm not really surprised, you know, uh, Kaká and, uh, and and David. They, they played extremely well. Um, David, look know, at Kaka you talking like you know him on a first name basis. Like me and David, we're bros. <laughs> I, 
I wish. That's, no. such, that's such an <laughs> well, American yeah. version of David. It's David. David Villa. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, David Devon. You know, whatever. <laughs> I call him David Devon. Villa. Devon. Whatever you want to call him. Devia. You know, I don't know. That one guy. That one guy that scores <laughs> no, all those was, goals. Uh, it, it, it was good. Um, I liked it. You know, the, the, the well, I almost called him U.S. Um, been watching so much U.S. national team. Soccer, right, but, that's uh, kind. Of, the, I've had. I've almost MLS, done that a few times too. <laughs> the uh, MLS, uh, you know, all stars. They they did what they you know they showed how well you know how good they are. I mean, they are the best of the best in the league. And Picard and, and Via, they they showed uh, you know that they're international superstars and they're absolutely incredible. Um, that goal by Via, you know, whew, that was uh, impressive. Don't know if it was on purpose or an accident, but it all counts the same on the score sheet. But uh, it was a good game. It was, uh, you know, MLS All-Stars had the probably controlled about the first five minutes, and then Tottenham finally got into the groove and did it their did, thing. Yeah, and honestly, yep. if it was not for Nick Ramondo, good lordy. Oh, my goodness. I was completely you know, shocked about how well to, Nick Ramondo played. You know, I've been watching him for I don't even know how long now. I, I really shouldn't be shocked every time I watch him play, even if it's for the U.S., for the All-Stars, for – Real Salt Lake against my hometown team, the Sounders. He, he impresses me every time I watch him. He's a he's a heck of a goalkeeper. Exactly, but as as much as he does impress, he still had a moment of weakness yesterday. Yeah. Uh, how did you think the uh, goal for Harry Kane went? What were your thoughts on that? Uh, it, it was incredible. I mean, Harry Kane. I mean, he he's. I'm finally glad. I'm glad he's finally been able to. Uh, you know, crack that starting lineup for Tottenham. Uh, he definitely deserves it. Exactly. Um, Get that man on the field. Exactly. But, you know, honestly, I mean, yeah, some of the, that, that goal is on Ramondo. I mean, but I don't care who you are. Nobody was going to stop that shot. That Absolutely was more not. on, in my opinion, uh, that was more on the center backs, um, you know, with Beasler slipping. I believe it was Beasler that slipped. And then uh, you know, Gonzalez was running backwards, which, I mean, when you get a guy of that caliber coming at you, you, you really – you're, you're in no man's land, and just the, that that shot he he put on goal was just incredible. I mean, of course the he makes the the one shot that's you know 23 yards out from goal, but he can't make one within six yards. So yeah, that, that is, is a bit soccer. questioning in that regards. It's like okay, how do you score you know that far out? But then when you're you know on that sitter, it's just yeah, uh, certain things like that make me just kind of go, um, hmm, what? <laughs> but uh, yeah, exactly. That's that that true pace though that Harry Kane has to be able to you know intercept the ball at the midfield line and then absolutely just run I believe it's Omar Gonzalez is who he's attacking and then That's just correct. pick his head up and just bomb it into that far post I think that kind of falls into the category of things that Tim Howard could not save if Tim Howard were that goalkeeper as well because he's pretty you know he's one of those guys that you know he'll save just about anything but that that just that pure pace I feel like as a defender you got to close eventually don't you you can't just keep backing up no, I agree with you. I, I honestly think if it was any other game, if it was a, a league game, a national team game, what have it, I think it would have been done differently. Uh, but due to the fact that it is an all-star game, it is technically a friendly. Um, you know, you don't want to. We don't want to see a repeat of what we saw in Portland last year with uh, Osvaldo Alonso and Will Johnson going hard into in, into players and possibly injuring them. Yes. Um, I, I think it doesn't. In the end, it doesn't count. It doesn't really matter. Um, I think he did the right thing by not really trying to go after the ball because he, he doesn't want to make that mistake and accidentally, you know, hurt Kane because, as I've said numerous times already, it does, the game doesn't matter. 
Of course, of course. Count. But at certain points, though, you don't want to get walked over. Uh, you know, you don't want to get completely walked over each other, though, by, you know, if you are Omar Gonzalez on the defensive side. But, you know, and I feel like U.S. men's national team fans are maybe watching that game saying, going, oh, that's why he doesn't start. Well, yeah. I mean, it, I, I like, personally, if, if I had a choice, which obviously I don't, but I, I would love to. <laughs> you don't? <laughs> I, you know, everybody, yeah, everybody's a great, you know, uh, what is that, counter? Couch well, or armchair quarterback or yeah. whatever, yeah. however, however you want to call it. Yeah, I personally like the combination of Gonzalez and Beasley as center backs. I think they play well together. Uh, but you know that obviously we're not here to talk about that. Exactly. But, um, MLS MLS All Star Game. You know, it, it's fun. It, it, it's great for the fans because you get to see all the big names, and then you get to see, you know, well at least the last I don't know was it been ten years or so that they've been bringing international clubs over. Uh, I know earlier in the week leading up to it, they were talking about possibly going back to the old format of like yes, uh, yeah. How do you West against the East? How do you feel about that possibility? I'm kind of on the fence about it, to be honest with you, because yes, it's nice to see the international teams like Tottenham, Chelsea, uh, Manchester United, AS Roma, who, name, whoever. Yeah. Uh, but also, I, the league's much different than it was ten, you know, ten years ago. Um, there's enough good caliber players to have a East versus West, in my opinion. Um, I would actually, personally, I would like to see that. Um, there's a few other tweaks I think they could make uh, make with it here and there, but, you know, in the end, it's, it's, it's for the fans. I mean, the, you want to make sure they're happy, but I think, uh, if you don't mind me mentioning, one of one of the guys I write with, uh, Casey Splain, wrote a, uh, over at Babble USA, wrote a very interesting article. You know, he, he talked about the East and West, but he also talked about how as an example, which I, I I never even thought about it. He may be crazy. He may not agree with me, but he mentioned, let's say, he, his example he used is say, you know, if Kai Kamara was to be the the MLS All Star MVP of the game, how about the following year, the MLS game be played at you know, the Columbus oh, Crew Okay. So so it's not example, a bad idea. If they actually. hadn't already, if they haven't already, you know, we already know the 26 All Star game is going to be played in San Jose at their new stadium, but. Let's say they hadn't decided yet. Well, with Kaká being the MVP, next year's All Star Game would be down at Orlando. I which like I that. Yeah. See that happening anyways in a year or two. It will. But yeah. I, you know, it, it would be kind of cool to see that. You know, because then it's like it, it's a different twist to it. I don't like how people are saying let's do the East versus West, and let's say if the West won, the the West team, you know, whoever makes it to the MLS Cup gets to host the game. I, I really this isn't. I'm sorry, this isn't Major League Baseball. It, yeah, it, it's a little it, different when it's, it's one totally, game. It's not seven. Exactly. It, it, it's a totally different uh, was a dichotomy, if yes. that's the right word. No, um, yeah, I, I completely get uh, where you're coming from in that regards. And I do like the Kai Kamara you know, MVP, new host city, as it were. Um, you know, the All-Star game as a whole, obviously you can take it for what it's worth. It was a good, a good victory, but at the same time, like you said, you only can read into it so far. How did you feel, though, I'm talking about um, the offense as a whole, we see Josie Altador not do very much. We see Clint Dempsey yeah, not do too much as well. The The future of Major League Soccer is centered around players like Jassy Zardes, Graham Zussi, even some of those other younger guys that are coming through, the, Ethan Finley. Uh, how do you feel like their performance as a whole was, but also what they mean to the league going forward? Uh, you know, obviously... The young players coming through MLS right now is much, much better than the years past. They're, they're so much better prepared, it seems like. 
especially now with all the USL, you know, association with MLS. Um, I unfortunately didn't get to see how Kai Kamara and Ethan Finley got to play because my recording didn't record. Yeah, but, I didn't get a chance um, to see that either. I know that he played the entire from, second half, but that's all I know. From the highlights I saw of Kamara going down, I believe it was the left wing, um, left to right on your TV. Yes. Um, it was uh, some of the moves and the ball control he had. You can definitely tell he played in the Premier League, even if it was only for a season and it wasn't very long. But the kid is incredible. I've always, honestly, personally kind of liked Kamara. Even when he plays for sporting, he's always been, you know, he, he has that potential. And, Absolutely. you know, there's so much more potential coming through MLS right now. You know, I would love to have seen DeAndre Yedlin, as an example, stay in MLS because he's not getting any playing time. He only played 11 minutes last year. Yeah. So I think what's going to be best in the end for MLS leading up to future All-Star games or whatever, even just the the potential for the league is these young players need to stay in MLS and just, I mean, yes, I know Jurgen wants them to go overseas and get better, but MLS isn't the same as it's been. It's, it's a much better league. It's definitely, you know, I don't think it might be in the top 10 of the world. I, I don't follow a bunch of leagues. I follow the Premier League, La Liga, the Bundesliga. That's about it. I'd say that's all you really um, need to follow, honestly. Maybe Serie yeah, A if you're a diehard <laughs> soccer fan, but even still, yeah. Serie A is not the end of the world if you, you know, if you don't follow. Mm-hmm. I think like Corey and I will agree with that too, that EPL is, more than likely the best of the best. It's probably the most followed. Yes. And then you can make an argument about La Liga probably being that second because you've got guys like Messi and Ronaldo that play right. soccer there. Definitely. Most definitely. It's a, it, in my book, it's a top 10 league, um, and it's only going to get better over the years. I don't know if Garber will ever get his top league in the world. It just isn't going to happen. I, I honestly don't right think now. that's going to happen now. I mean, they, I could see him creeping into the top five, but they're it, never going to be number one. It would take a mass exodus of players coming over to MLS for that to happen. And honestly, for them to really be taken seriously, actually, I just put up an article earlier today. MLS needs to go ahead and get in line with the FIFA calendar play, mm-hmm. you know, essentially an in, in, in August to May schedule, because in the end, it's going to be better for the league, because right now, as an example, look at what's happening, you know, during all these, the Gold Cup. Well, granted, that's not during the international dates, but World Cup qualifying. Domestic clubs in, 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 in the U.S. are suffering because their best players are gone. I mean, it's great to have national team players in your team. Trust me, I'd love the heck out of it being in Seattle, having Brad Evans and Clint Dempsey representing, you know, the country I live in, the country I was born in. Absolutely. Representing them on the national stage. But yet, I'm also kind of greedy because... I want them to be at home. I want them to be representing the club that I spend, you know, and I spend my hard-earned money for, I mean, to watch day in and day out. Exactly. Week in, week out, I should say. But, you know, it's uh, it, it's just hurting the league that they don't do that because they're having, you know, major teams, L.A., RSL, Seattle, you know, heck, even New York City FC right now, they're losing their players for national team duty, and that doesn't need to be happening. It's, it's hurting the league more than it's helping. And it's helped teams like, oh, I don't know, the Montreal Impact find themselves in a playoff spot right now, which blows my mind. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a whole other story. Exactly. All right, well, Chris, always a pleasure, sir. I appreciate it. Where can the good people find you on social media before we let you go? As always, on Twitter at the real C Blakely. That's B-L-A-K-E-L-Y. Um... 
Yeah, I'm usually on there. If you tweet at me, I'll tweet you back. Awesome. I may not agree with what I got to say, but I'll talk to you. Hey, that's kind of how all you Seahawk fans are. I mean, and that's that's a whole other thing. Whoa, <laughs> whoa. Just kidding. Looking forward <laughs> to that showdown, though, week two. Looking forward to it. Chris Blakely, yeah, always a pleasure, sir. Uh, enjoy Take your evening. Well, I will. Thank you. No problem. Anytime. Chris Blakely, our resident soccer editor over at Vavil USA. He and uh, a former guest of ours, Matthew Ryan Evans, as well, who comes on the show occasionally, do a fantastic job with the soccer department over there. Go check out Vavil USA and check out the soccer department. They do a fantastic job, great coverage. Go check them out today. We're going to go to another break, Corey, and when we'll come back, Corey, you'll finally get to talk. Hey, me. How do you feel about that? You feeling good? I'm very nervous now. Spent the whole segment. I know. Not talking. Now. You spent a little bit. I mean, yeah, a little bit here, a little bit there. I guess I'm warmed up now. You are. You're good to go. You got your one question in, so you're good to go. But we're gonna yeah. go to one more break, and we come back. The U.S. men's national team is ripe for the picking. I'm starting the campaign. Corey Plath for the next manager. Let's get Eric and Klinsman out of there. This is Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. Welcome back to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn, joined alongside Corey Plath. Corey, welcome back to the booth, sir. How are you? Good. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, you filled in marvelously a few weeks ago as my co-host while Simon Provan was on holiday. And now here you are back again because Simon is once again on holiday. I need to go on a vacation. This is ridiculous. Yeah, how come he gets to go all over the place and you don't? He's in Oregon and he's up north and I'm in Milwaukee. Oh, Milwaukee's not terrible. I don't mind Milwaukee. Milwaukee's fun, but... But going up north is ten times more fun. Absolutely. I was camping this last weekend, if that counts for anything. Well, that's better than what I did. Yeah. What did you do? Let's going see. I went golfing. What's I, I, oh, I, hang out, I hung out with my brother. Oh. Fun. So that was fun. Your that was fun. I, I, went lied. Go- I went golfing, too, actually. Yeah. I know. We need to go. Sometime. Yeah, we do. Golfing and foot golfing. If you haven't gone foot golfing, go check out foot golfing. It's a lot of fun. Find a foot golf course near you. Go to footgolfwhatever.com and... 
They've got a whole big search engine on there for you. Uh, for those of you tuning in, always a pleasure. Thank you for following us on social media at Two Up Front Soccer and Two Up Front on Facebook. Check us out. We are broadcasting live on Periscope. Hello to all of you on Periscope. For some of you that have been watching this whole time or go back and watch, apologies in, in advance. There's been a lot of not not bad comments, but there's just been a lot of awkward, funny moments in between breaks that you can't hear on the air. So it's just been a it's been a good time. We're having a lot of fun with it. But um, to wrap up this final segment, uh, we are talking about the U.S. men's national team, Corey. They lose the third place game. They lose the semifinal game. Is it is it time for Jurgen Klinsmann to be fired? Simon Provan, my normal co-host, thinks he should be fired. Do you think he should be fired, Corey? I, I debate this with myself so many different times. I think a lot of people do. You know, I was so impressed with the wins over um, Germany and the Netherlands. Yes. I saw a great meme on Facebook today. It's U.S. men's national team during friendlies. It's a big lion like, ah, it's U.S. men's national team in the Gold Cup. It's a little stuffed like lion that you can buy at the zoo. Yeah. I was like, that's, yeah, 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 that's yeah. very true. It's, it's been very frustrating as a fan to watch. You know, I don't you see understand two opposite ends of the spectrum. How? How does that happen where you beat two of the best teams in the world and then you can't be a, a Caribbean team? No offense to Jamaica. And we didn't even have our, our best players on the field Why against those teams. Why not? That's the real question. Why not? I don't know. Why it's, do the best players not play? I don't know. I, I Yergi, what are you doing? I don't know. I still don't understand the Timmy Chandler pick. Not many people do. I, I don't understand why he's starting, and I don't even understand why he's on the team, to be quite honest. I know he's decent, but he he's just he's not good enough to play, I don't feel. And so it's just it's very frustrating to watch things like this happen in which he's consistently in the starting lineup and he's not putting the performance together. But according to Jürgen Klinsmann, Timmy Chandler is one of the best German American players on the team. Uh, that's because that he's German. Best. Well, yeah, obviously. That's why Julian Green made the World Cup squad over Landon frickin' Donovan, but that's a whole other conversation. Why is Chris Wondolowski on the roster? That's my I, next question. I don't you. know. He... It's the only reason <laughs> it's the only reason is that he can put in these little goals that are right in front. Obviously not in the World Cup. He missed no, the sitter. He can't do we that. He would have won that game. The one thing he can do and he, he can't, had one job. He can't do it. It's it's very frustrating to and see how does all he these still players. Have a job? I don't know. How does he how does he do well in the MLS stage? But then all of a sudden in international play he can't do anything. What about Josie Altador? Yeah, well, okay. Exactly. Good point. Exactly. Good point. No, Good that's point. true. That's very true. What about Graham Zusi? What about half the players on our on our national team? Kyle Beckerman? Well, I've never seen a slower center defensive mid in my life. Yeah, well, you should Come see on. some of the guys that I play with. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's very true. It's not on the same stage, but... Yeah, so. I was going to say, it's a little different. I feel like Kyle Beckerman's slow is better than any fast people that we play with. That's probably true. Yeah. But anyway, I do find it funny. Um, I'm looking at the CONCACAF website here, looking at the roster. And according to um, the the date of birth, DeAndre Yedlin hasn't been born yet. Oh, really? DeAndre Yedlin is born in 2,993. <laughs> well, he's really good for that age. Everybody else on the roster, you know, 1997, 1985, you know, whatever, blah, blah, Wait, blah, blah, 1997? Blah. I, 1987. I don't know how to read. Okay, I was like, anyway, who's 97? But That's... DeAndre Yedlin was born September 7th of 2,993. That's really good. I'm really impressed that with That is CONCACAF at its finest right there. Yeah, well, get your act together, Concacaf. You had one job. Yeah, well, we all saw the Gold Cup and how that went. Well, yeah, Vicar from Mondo. Mexico. Yeah, 
I don't even know. No, Ed Banal, as it were. Anyway, um, trying to focus on some of the positives, that is, you yeah. know, for the U.S. men's national team. Baxter Colburn here joined by Corey Plath on two up front. Um, do you believe in Brad Guzan? Do you believe that he actually is going to be something? Like, I know Tim Howard's planning on coming back sooner rather than later, but do you think if, if Tim Howard was done, do you think Brad Guzan is the goalie of the future for now, or do we need to keep looking? Well, I I believe that that Tim Howard is going to take the starting position. I yes. don't I don't think there's any doubt about that. I believe that this this stretch in which uh Brad Gazan has been able to play has definitely helped him. You've seen a lot of growth, you know, even from last year. Yes. And he's grown a lot of confidence and he knows how to command the field now. He does. And, he's and that's, gotten a lot more that's um, a, aware. Yeah, that's very vital as a keeper that you need to be able to know where to position people and where to instruct people to go. And so this stretch in which Tim Howard has, you know, taken leave of absence has been very beneficial for him. Um, as of right now, I still see him as that very solid backup, but I, I, I don't see him as a, He's not a, good a enough starter. To, to dethrone the man that is Tim Howard. Right. And unless, unless it turns into a situation like Abby Wambach did, in which you that take that year true. off and then all of a sudden you are just not at the at the level that you were, or even close to the level that you were. I mean, that's entirely possible. I guess we'll just have to see when Tim Howard comes back and how he performs at that time. Absolutely. Now, I am curious, Jassy's artist, how do you feel about him? Oh, my gosh. I haven't seen uh, someone break out of nowhere in, in that pace in such a long time. It's and, the hair. It's it, well, the blonde it, hair. Well, did you hear that about that hair? I know why he does it, yes. That's, that's, I heard that story, and I was like, oh, that's so cute. It is. He dyes his, his whatever, afro, mofro, ho, I don't know what it is, the, fro, the frou-frou on the top of his head. He dyes the mohawk on the top of his head blonde, so that way his grandparents can see him on the field. That's, that's so heartwarming. <laughs> Isn't that precious? But, I like but that's, that's, that's incredibly selfless of him. It is. You don't see many players do that. So many times it's to command attention. It's like me. Look but at it's me. Not, but it's in this case, it's a command attention yes. for his grandparents. Yeah. It's not for him to so everyone way, look at know, me. His older grandparents can keep an eye on him and say, oh, there he is. And good, boy, do boy. they have something to keep an eye Absolutely. on. Absolutely. What Holy a fantastic cow. player. I mean, you see it at international play. You see it at MLS. You saw it at the All-Star game. I mean... So many different times you see him just making plays out of nowhere, whether it's controlling the ball. If you are any other player on the U.S. men's national team, look and learn from Jassy's artists. Yeah, and where did he come from? Like, he just popped out of nowhere. Not necessarily. I'm following him. He came from the LA Galaxy. He came from their academy. Right, but, you know, it's it's a development thing. It's not like he was brought over like we see so many different players. Yes. You know, it wasn't like he... All, was signed overseas to a team and then all of a sudden came to MLS and was this all-star. You know, it's it was a developmental thing, and we're seeing more and more of that now as MLS continues to grow. And I think that with that development, you find guys like Zardis, you find guys like Graham Zussi, Matt Beasler, Omar Gonzalez. Yes, I will say that as well. Um, I mean, Josie Altidore is technically a product of Major League Soccer. He came up through the ranks in the New York Red Bulls Academy and then did really well for them and then got shipped off to Europe and then... Anyway. Um, Even DeAndre Yedlin, too. Mm -hmm. You can make an argument for that. Uh, There's a lot of good things coming from Major League Soccer that are fueling the U.S. men's national team as a whole. 
Now, uh, Corey, before we wrap things up and get to our I Believe segment, I'm going to put you in the driver's seat for a moment. You have the opportunity to make a starting 11 for, who, let's say it's the World Cup final, and you can choose from any you know, U.S. men's national team players on the roster. Who's your starting 11? Oh, from anyone? Anyone's on available? On this roster, uh, not anybody. On the current roster. Okay. So that as way of, you don't have to go outside your box. Right. Because it'd be I picked it. I picked it solely based on, on, okay, the Con- 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 on CONCACAF Gold Cup Con- roster. Gold Cup final. Who's your starting 11? Well, I have Barguzan in goal. Yes. I don't think that's much of a surprise. Not although right. Nick Romano played incredible he in that MLS All-Star game. He did. He I've did. never seen that you know, competitive edge come out in him. You should watch more RSL games. I should. I, if I have time, I will. Um, <laughs> that's what that's yeah. So in d- in the defense, I have um, by the way the formations of four four two. I was asking what you were going to play. So four four two. Okay. So your four backs are Alvarado. Really? Yeah, Ooh. I like what he's doing. I, well, I have to replace Simon. Would just destroy you. For well, saying Simon would uh, would disagree with a lot of things that I say. <laughs> True. But you know, okay. I don't. I, you have to replace Timmy Chandler. I don't. I don't. Timmy see Chandler plays on the wing. Well. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm not. I I'm guess I stick him. I stick him in the wing. To be okay. quite honest. Okay, continue. Uh, Brooks, Evans, and Reem. So Tim Reem and uh, and Brooks are your center backs. Yeah. And then who? Evans, Evans and, and Alvarado. Why? It's uh, very unconventional. Why would Fabian Johnson not be in your starting eleven on the back four? Oh, he is. He's not in the back four. He's ah, in the line. plot twist. Okay, your four midfielders are. Johnson, Fabian mm-hmm. Johnson, of course. Mixed Discrude, of course. Bradley, of course. And Bedoya. Uh, wait, what? Where's Fab- wait, where's wait, where's Yedlin? You're not starting Yedlin? No. What kind of crap is this? He's a I I don't know. I like him I like him coming off the bench. Okay. Fair it's enough. that boost of energy that sure. the team needs. Okay, who's your boost at the forward position? Well, you have Clint Dempsey. Of course. And the breakout player of the year, Jazzy Zardes. Woo! I love it. That's a good that's a good batch of four uh, you know, of, of eleven players that really have an opportunity to make a name for themselves. Yeah, you'd, be, you'd be content with that that roster? Uh, I'd be more content than I have been. Now, I, why why Alejandro Bedoya? I don't know. I I like the the plays that I've seen from him recently. Okay. I I still think that he needs to become a little bit more consistent because he is that hit and miss type of player. Yes, that's kind of how Aaron Johansson is too. Yeah, that's why he's not in the starting eleven. Very key. Gotcha. But um, I just like I think Bedoya has a lot of. I guess it was a toss-up between Zuzi and Bedoya for me. Uh, Bedoya over Zuzi, if, so, if I had to pick. Yeah. The Mexican flair is way better than Zuzi's hair. Yeah. Just saying. And, I, and, you know, this is strictly from the Gold Cup roster. Yes. You if know. you have everybody that's a whole other Bobby Wood and Jordan Morris and blah, yeah. blah, blah, Landon Donovan. Anyway, maybe not Landon Donovan. Anyway, it was good to see him coaching, though, for the MLS homegrown uh, game that took place against Club America's U-20s. Which yeah, was, it was... It was it was, it was nice, nice to see him on the field there. I yeah. think he should coach the national team. Stick it to Klinsman and be like, I'm the new coach. Hashtag Plath for coach. Plath for coach? What happened to what happened to Landon Donovan for coach? Well, I thought you wanted me to coach. I, I guess. Can I be something? You can be the head coach. I'll be the assistant coach. Oh, gosh. it's a lot of pressure. Oh, well, fine. Then you can be the training boy. Yay. As long yeah. as I can run around with the guys and shoot balls and be like, wee, Zachary. Yeah, you can be a little fanboy. Yahoo. I'll be the water boy or something. All right, Corey. Well, it's time for our I Believe segment. Which, unfortunately, we did not hear this chant very often during the Gold Cup is because it's I believe that we didn't win. I believe that our 
offense is terrible. I believe that Ventura Alvarado yeah. is an awful defender. It was it was kind of things yeah. of that nature. It's kind of what we heard. That was the chance. I, I don't know. I wasn't in the stadium. That's that's what I was assuming. A studio audience is making faces at me, but that's yeah, completely it's, irrelevant. It's been yeah, it's, it's been, been a rough. It's been a rough few months for the u.s men's national team so uh our i believe segments the way they work is we make i believe statements for example i believe that Corey plath is the best soccer player to ever exist that's an example um it's it's, the correct example yeah i suppose if you like that sort of thing um but we are going to make an i believe statement about something in the soccer world Corey, would you like to go first sir i suppose so i can make something up on the spot okay sure and that would be well i believe that the new york city um, New York City FC will make a late push run and qualify for, for playoffs. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Good to know. Um, and my I Believe segment, um, I believe now that Didier Drogba is in Major League Soccer playing for a Montreal impact that he will score 10 goals before the season's over because he's oh. Didier freaking Drogba. Yeah, there you go. And he's going to go all AWOL. Animal. He is. Montreal is going to make a swoop attack into the playoffs. Hasn't he retired like three different times? I have no idea. It's been insane. He's a good player. He is. He can do what he wants. Yeah. YOLO, right? Yeah. Why not? Exactly. Come to the retirement league. That is MLS. I don't know. Anyway, he's Corey Plath. Corey, thanks for joining me on the show today. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure, sir. Where can we find you on social media? Yeah, uh, at Twitter, uh, at CPlath10. CPlath10, check him out. He tweets occasionally about things and stuff related to soccer and sports. Always a pleasure, sir. Enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Thank you much. A big thank you to everyone that joined us on the show today. Real Monarchs midfielder Alex Sunley. We had Chris Blakely from Vavil USA. We had Simon Mitchell from England talking about the Tottenham Hotspurs. We had Simon Provan calling in from the great outdoors. And, of course, I am your host without Simon Provan, Baxter Colburn. Always a pleasure. Check us out on Fridays from 3 to 6 Eastern on Sports Radio America, Live 365. And tune in. Remember, you can download our podcast anytime on iTunes and iHeartRadio and on Spreaker.com as well. Check us out on social media, 2 Up Front on Facebook and 2 Up Front Soccer on Twitter. For everyone here at 2 Up Front, with our manager being the one above, we are 2 Up Front. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.